Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Go ahead and tell them to call my phone. Welcome to Arizona Fit, the podcast that brings you all original, all organic, Phoenix-focused fitness content. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Ian Knight, with Believe in Phoenix on the Believe Podcast Network, Phoenix's number one fitness podcast network. From Avondale all the way to the East Valley, today we're going to talk to a behavioral specialist who took an unorthodox approach to dealing with kids and made her own way. Bree Taylor is a yoga behavior specialist who specializes in yoga for special needs children. Before we get started, if you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe and rate the show. We always appreciate the love. Remember that we are available on all your favorite directories, and if you're interested in advertising on the show, you can contact Believe at Believe.com. Bree has been practicing yoga for over a decade and teaching it for almost five years. In that time, she has decided to contract out her services to children and families that need a little bit more TLC to deal with their own struggles. Here's our conversation now. A lot of the people understand that fitness professionals, we wear many hats and you do, you're pretty much the same. So if any Joe was to walk off the street and ask you, what do you do for a living? What would you tell him? <laughs> I would tell him that I teach yoga for special needs. Yoga for special needs. Okay. So there are a lot of yoga instructors out there, um, me being one of them. Um, so why did you decide to specialize in special needs? It actually kind of came together as an accident, as most things do. Um, I started out teaching special needs in the school system. I started out clinical, then went to the public school system, and then private. And I just started realizing that I could never fully meet the needs in the ways that I wanted to. There were just too many issues and too uh, there's not enough help. And so I started focusing on yoga because it had helped me so much. And I started leading kids through different yoga poses just to help with flexibility or kind of bring them back to the present moment. And it worked so, so well. After um, I decided to get out of the school systems, I started my own journey and it was life skills and yoga. And then eventually the life skills dropped off and it became just yoga for special needs. And I found my calling like, I've loved working with special needs. It's been about 12 years now, but I never, like I said, I couldn't figure out a way to help people in a way that I felt was beneficial. It just was teach the common core, get them out, make sure that um, it, there's just not a lot of options for special needs, to be honest. And so going into yoga, I loved it from a behavior perspective because I'm a behavior therapist. And I saw massive changes in behavior when yoga was every single day. I saw increased calmness and an ease to deal with your feelings in a frustrating situation and going back to the breath and the mat of finding yourself and finding your calmness. Yeah, I actually do understand what you're saying. My, uh, my girlfriend, she's actually a school-based therapist, and one of the conversations we have all the time is she says there aren't enough resources out there for kids nowadays, and especially in the area that we live in. If you don't know this out there, I believe Phoenix has the worst teacher-to-student ratio and counselors. <laughs> am I right? Correct. It's pretty bad. We're number 49. 
Yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to understand that there's only one state worse than us, and I'm pretty sure it's Mississippi. And that's not a, it's not a knock on Mississippi. I'm from <laughs> Mississippi, so don't, don't, don't think I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, so, no, I definitely understand what you're saying. So, you, I mean, you really wanted to make an improvement on the children's lives, and yoga was the best way for you to do that. And where did you actually go to school at? I graduated from the University of Kansas with a degree in applied behavior science, which is behavior therapy. Okay, rock shot. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so it seems like you're really big into mental health in that aspect. Can you kind of explain to us how you've seen yoga and mental health mesh together to help the children? 100%. So mental health is huge. And yoga creates this beautiful mind-body creation uh, connection. And so if you can understand kind of what your body is doing, and I studied these people's bodies for a living because when I can look at them and see these different expressions physically, it helps me understand what's going on possibly mentally. Um, so yoga just supports positive mental health in so many ways. They are tied together as far as calmness. It helps um, learn tools for resistance. It helps you um, be optimistic about life. If a child or a person with special needs has high anxiety, which is very typical, it can help reduce anxiety and depression and other mental issues. Um, personally speaking, yoga has been the key to me thriving physically, emotionally, spiritually, because it has that mental piece to it. And that's what I fell in love with for yoga. And that's why I wanted to bring it to these people. Because at the time, I don't know exactly what's out there now, but there just didn't seem to be anything that focused on their internal well-being. It's all physical. Can they do this? Can they do that? It's a measuring stick, whereas inside, if nothing's right internally, you're not going to perform externally. Mm -hmm. You're 100% you're right on that. And it's funny because we actually had Nathan Kohlerman on the week before. Oh, and yeah. we were talking a lot about, you know, mental health and masculinity as it comes to, you know, growing up as a man in this country. And it seems like you're kind of headed on that path as well, except you're more along the lines of just, you know, really getting children to break out of those shells and understand that it's OK to reflect, you know, internally so that you can grow physically as well. Definitely. And by doing that, it's also led me to clientele that I never would have thought of working with. Um, it's branched out into brain injury. It's all kinds of different mental disabilities or even physical delays. And then just most recently this year, I started working with um, the older population of seniors. And it's just everywhere. These, you know, 60, 70, 80 year olds have the same issues sometimes as these 10, 12, 18 year olds. It's just a matter of teaching them younger so that way they have the tools to get through life better and you're not having to deal with it when you are older or in a stressful situation. And that's so important because we're living to be so much older now and quality of life is so underrated in this country and it makes me kind of, and it really does make me sad because it took me forever to find a traditional nine to five because I had so many companies that didn't understand that I don't want to be tied down to a chair nine hours of the day and they said what do you mean you don't want to sit down in a chair nine hours a day i said this will kill you and they just kept looking at me like i was some health nut and i said well 
20 years from now, you you look back and look, look at me and look at you and we'll see who's right. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're yeah. so, I mean, you're so correct. So I remember you, uh, so let's rewind for a second. You said back when you were getting started, uh, how long have, how long have you been teaching yoga? I've only been teaching yoga for let's see, three, almost four years, four years. And how long have you been practicing? I've been practicing for probably, how old am I? Probably about 13 years consistently. Okay, 13. So you were, so, I mean, you've been around for the big boom of yoga, which we commonly refer to it as the industry. And we've kind of talked about this before in the past where, you know, you even mentioned it just a minute ago, where a lot of people are measuring their practice on the physical, but they're not looking internally, you know, about what's really going on. And they're, they're finding themselves in a loop of competition with their neighbor on the mat. And then you want to push away from that. Oh, 100%. Yoga for me, and what I teach is not that at all. It's it's so much more than that because there is no competition. You are there competing with you and you. So you want to become better, a better version of yourself. And that's what I love about yoga is it brings you that sense of self, that self-acceptance. It re reduces the stress and anxiety so you can see clearly. It helps with your concentration and your focus and your like I said before, mind-body connection. It's so much more than just the flexibility and balance and who can hold the pose longer. If my kids or even adults can make it through an entire session and just give all that they can, that's all I'm asking for because I'm not really looking for you to perfect the pose. I'm looking for you the moment you escape from your head. It seems like every time I'm talked to you're either talking about traveling somewhere to do something or talking about an retreat or a special training. Can you give us a little bit of detail of what you do on most of your retreats or even your most recent one? Yeah. So this is really exciting because for the longest time I've only been teaching special needs through this. I've realized there's a huge lack for parents and siblings and just people in general. And so I have been working on creating for 2020 retreats for typical adults. And that's what in special needs, what you call, you know, you and I typical. So the reason for this is I want to be able to give what I'm giving to my special needs population. And I can see how it would benefit the typical person like myself so so much because I couldn't find what I was looking for and so I'm trying to create it uh, with these retreats it will be obviously a retreat where you can escape your nine to five and go just have some alone time but also I want you to be there to work as far as your healing journey it's going to be very authentic cutting through the bs and what is it that you want to get out of this you're here for you I'm going to hold the space and provide some yoga and breath work, but ultimately what do you want to work on and heal? And hopefully nobody will go back the same person. So I don't want you to give away too much for your retreat, but can you kind of tell people, give people an example of an exercise that you may um, conduct while on the retreat? Yeah. One of the most powerful modalities that I've, I've I'm trained in it now and I've been, holding space for others has been breath work and through yoga I've just found such 
such deep tools with the breath and that is our key to life. And everyone thinks, oh, breath work. I already know how to breathe because I thought that too. And breath work is so much more. So essentially it's a two-part breathing exercise and it's inhale through the belly, inhale through the chest and exhale all through the mouth. It's very uncomfortable for about five minutes or so and then you kind of find a rhythm and the transformation and the truth it brings out, it's been beautiful and so healing. It's almost like I put my healing journey into overdrive once I tried breath work. And so I'm really, really excited to start sharing breath work in my retreats next year. Oh, have you ever heard or tried Kundalini yoga? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, during my teacher training, I went through a Kundalini class. And if I'm telling you right now, if you think your normal breath work is hard during class, you have no idea. <laughs> I mean, we were breathing for so long and it was so difficult that my my I mean, my abs were hurting halfway through the class. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> OK, so um, like I said, so, I mean, you got a, you got a lot of cool things planned with the retreats and your future events and trainings. Um I want to talk about trends in our industry right now, because me and you, we're on the same page when it comes to, you know, cutting through the BS with the physical yoga, because don't get me wrong. I love a good handstand. I love a, a solid inversion. Um, I would, I mean, Hey, when you're finally able to bring your legs over your head and wrap them around your neck, I mean, yes, it's nice, but that's not really what yoga is about. And I personally feel that, the general public is getting the wrong idea about yoga when they when they see these things online all the time and they don't realize that in order to get to these points, you have to look inside and figure out what's causing you pain because if you're unable to bend over and touch your toes, that's because something's blocking you there. It's not only because you sit in a chair all day and refuse to stretch, but there's something blocking you. And I know you're on the same page when it comes to these things. What what led you to this realization? Because I found mine personally through my practice. So I'm always curious of how others came to this conclusion as well. I think it was just through years of experience and not being able to find or connect with people or the right tools and not finding answers. And especially in the special needs community, there's not a lot of care or desire to change or increase the services for whatever reason and so I feel like it's one of those fall through the crack areas where in reality it's about 50% of the population so I think it was just through trial and error because when I first started out I didn't know I wanted to do special needs I was in social work but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. It was way too sad and depressing. And then when I found uh, special needs, I just fell in love and then realizing all the tools of what was out there and the typical education system of what a kid is offered, I just found the holes and I, I felt for these kids. You fall in love with them no matter hard, how hard you try not to. And I just wanted to help them and kind of be a big sister and so I just started investing in yoga and going to trainings and special needs yoga trainings and then it led me to the breath okay this kid is doing incredible or this this teenager is doing amazing but they can't breathe 
let's go to some breath clinics. And then that led me into breath work. And so I think it's all just been part of the journey and finding out what my specialty areas were. And I thought it was an umbrella special needs, but it ended up being, nope, I don't like teaching the education or doing the behavior all the time. I love bringing these kids peace and a, a, a safe place to escape to. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I believe I believe it's somewhere around 40% of the people go to school for so many years. And then once they get their degree, they actually don't work in their field or exactly how their degree says they should work. But that's because we're still growing as people, even when you graduate at your typical 22, 23, if you go out and get a master's 28, and you realize that you want to do something else, or you want to take the skills that you did learn and use them in your own creative way to help out people. And that seems just to be exactly the thing you did. 100% falling into behavior. <laughs> I had no idea what that would lead. I got bored with the data. I loved working one-on-one -on -one with the kids, but that became sometimes physically aggressive and rough to put my body through that many years. And bringing yoga in was just so peaceful because it hadn't been a peaceful job situation. It, it's definitely a burnout area. And I feel like with yoga, I found a successful way, at least for now and hopefully in the future, a successful way to stay in special needs without the burnout because I'm bringing peace. And if it's not peaceful, let's work on that. We'll spend the entire time doing Shavasana if that's what you need and you get sensory and squeezes and you have headphones. Like I'm here for whatever you need to find that space of peace. All right. So we've talked a little bit about what you have planned for the future, but do you have any specific dates or upcoming retreats that you can think of right off the top of the head right now? I don't have anything released, but I do have stuff coming out within the next month. So stay tuned. All right. Well, just like every other guest, you can always find everyone's contact information in the bottom of the show notes. Bree, thank you for coming on, sharing your journey with us. I'm sure you're going to continue to do very positive things in the area. You're going to continue to see great success. I just know it. And like I said, I really want to say thank you because a lot of if you've never worked with kids before, they are difficult. And especially when you decide to work with those who need just a little bit more time and care. It takes a really special person to do that. And uh, Bree, I just want to say thank you and best of luck. Your body is a reflection of your lifestyle. If you choose to treat yourself with love and respect, then it will show. The sooner we can teach the younger generation to love and respect themselves emotionally and physically, the sooner we can build a better tomorrow. As always, if you know anyone in the greater Phoenix area that would make an excellent guest, tell them to call my phone and I'll hear them out. If you have any questions or comments about the content, go ahead and give us a tweet and I'll hit you back. Keep sharing those positive vibes and stay cool Phoenix. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube